Scott, back for uh, our first episode of the second season of KC Greats, and we're off to the start of a new year, 2017, and uh, I am very fortunate to have a friend of mine that I've known now for a couple years, uh, Letty Glenn Ludwig, come and share with us some details about something that, unless it's a service that you use, I don't think we know much about, and Letty is specifically a special education teacher. So, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I'm Thank glad you to for, be here. Thanks for joining us. This is something really unique to me because um, I've been around education with my family a whole lot. My mom and my dad were both teachers and administrators and stuff. But, like I said, special ed is something that I think, you know, many of us don't really know anything about unless we're affected by it. Is that is that true? Do you guys just kind of... Work in the background sometimes? You're very much background. Yes, Gosh. I think that's a great way to put it, actually. Why, why is that? I, I... Because we're there as a support for the students. Mm -hmm. We're not, we're, we're just there to make sure that they're able to reach their goals or teach them how do they do that, give them the tool set to do that. So we're not, we're not in the forefront at all. Hmm. Interesting. Well, mm -hmm. I get ahead of myself. But, um, how did you? Um, how did you come about being here, Letty? Are you a native to KC or just I, the area? Well, I was. My father is. Oh, but, cool. But uh, I was born in Anchorage, Alaska. My dad is in wow. construction. He helped build the pipeline. Oh wow! Mm -hmm. That's and unique. Yeah, it is. It's a cool story that he has. And uh, when I was two, we moved to St. Louis. And so I grew up in the St. Louis area. And then I went to college at Central Missouri State, Go Mules, in okay. Wartsburg, Missouri. And I've been on this side of the state since I was 18. So I, I went to a, a smaller high school outside mm -hmm. of Eure or Eureka, outside of St. Louis. So if you've been to Six Flags St. Louis, that's <laughs> where I grew up. Sounds like a fun place. <laughs> it was. I worked there. I was in their complaint department. <laughs> it was a great job. Uh, and then uh, went to Warrensburg and studied public relations. And so okay. that's what I had my undergrad in. And then... <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> it is. And then... Straight from my undergrad, I went into a master's program in communication okay. where I taught in the women's studies department. Uh -huh. So I taught like race, class, and gender, an intro to women's studies. Uh, it was a fun experience, totally different than I never thought I would get into that. And then when I was done with that master's, I went into the nonprofit sector and worked for a rape crisis center, okay. uh, MOXA, the Metropolitan Organization to Counter Sexual Assaults, which okay. is here in the metro. And so I was on their youth education team, so I would go around to school districts all over and teach about the really fun topics. Uh, <laughs> the teenagers, nonetheless. Exactly. And, and, and that taught me amazing skills of just being able to connect with people because mm -hmm. it's talking about sexual violence is, is difficult. And yeah. then to only have maybe a 45-minute class period to reach 30 students and That's make tough. it feel comfortable. It's tough, but it's, it, I enjoyed it. I did it for five years. And the other half of that job was their advocacy. So I was answering the 24-hour crisis line and going to the hospital with victims. So oh, during wow. the, the SAN exam or the rape kit is mm -hmm. what we more yeah. commonly know it as. Uh, so I did that for five years. That's a heavy load. It's a heavy load. I mean, that's a that's a big burden to be part of that. It, it, it was. Um, I felt 
very fortunate that I was able to mm -hmm. help people in their most vulnerable time. And that, that really teaches you a lot of how do you watch people, how do you study their behaviors and what they might need in a situation, especially a situation that they might know, might not know what they need. Mm -hmm. So do, does somebody want to have a conversation or do they just need to sit quietly with someone by them? Do, you know, just trying to figure out sure. how, to, how yeah. to communicate with somebody. And then um, from there, <laughs> I, I needed to have a break from crisis intervention. Oh, I and I was thinking, okay, my jobs have always been education. I love being in the classroom. I love working with at-risk students and working with sexual violence. And most at-risk is people with disabilities. Mm -hmm. So that led me to the special education side. Oh, wow. So I went back to Central Missouri State. <laughs> And got my teaching certification in special education. So I'm certified K through 12 on the Missouri side and then also on the Kansas side. Wow. Uh, and then once I finished that, I went to Avila University. Once I finished that and got my job, I went to Avila University and got a master's in teaching and learning and oh, education. Oh, very cool. Mm -hmm. So do you think your experience with MOXA and, mm -hmm. as you mentioned, some of the... Uh, the communication skills they're on mm -hmm. the ground learning mm -hmm. to really read people and understand their needs kind of holistically mm -hmm. as you're yeah. in a situation with Very them good, yeah. do you think that really kind of not not just helps you now but really kind of carries through into doing the special ed side of things because probably that student can't always communicate their needs as well right absolutely it's it's made me I don't want to say a different kind of teacher, but mm -hmm. it's made me a different kind of teacher. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and the fact that uh, I'm able to to watch the students and get to know them differently. And, mm -hmm. and I've been a special education teacher now. This is my fifth school year. Okay. And this year, well, the thing I love about special education, and I'll get, I'll come back to mm -hmm. your question. Sure. The thing I love about special education is it's different. Every year, I don't know what I'll be teaching or mm -hmm. what type of students, what type of disability I'll be working with. It varies. So this year, uh, I'm working primarily with students with emotional disturbance and um, oppositional defiance, autism spectrum. Mm -hmm. And these are students who have a hard time of just regulating their emotions. And so I, hmm. I very much think that my crisis intervention skills that probably comes into play daily then. <laughs> oh my goodness, yes. And and I thought I was going to get away from crisis intervention. <sighs> no, I, I haven't. And that's okay because um, it's, it's important to not be afraid to ask questions. Like if you see somebody struggling, I probably ask a few times a week if someone plans on hurting themselves. Really? Because I can, yes. And they, sometimes they say yes. And then you follow up with, do you have a plan? And then you just carry that conversation. So it's 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 helpful to, to know, to not be afraid of wow. tough questions. Or how do you it, ask those tough questions? It almost gives me a picture that for for a struggling student, mm -hmm. just walking into the, the building mm -hmm. with, with everybody else mm -hmm. might be a pretty mm -hmm. threatening environment, I guess. Yes. You, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, how do it, you mentioned a wide range? Yes. Uh, everything from emotional challenges to 
you know, what I think what probably most people think of more of a mental challenge, mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. You deal with all that yes. in one, <laughs> one setting, yes. basically. Mm-hmm. Is that the type of deal where it's some students will come for a partial day and do mainstream classes a partial day or do they spend the whole day with you or what? No, uh, least restrictive environment means that they're in the regular ed classroom as much as possible. Okay. So typically my students in my little room are in regular ed classrooms and then if they need a cool down break they can come and visit me. Okay. We talk for 15 minutes or whatever they need, calm them down, pump them up and send them back on their way. Uh, I, I do that for three hours out of the day, three class periods out of the day, mm-hmm. and then the other three class periods out of the day, I'm actually in a regular ed science classroom. Oh, cool. So I work with um, primarily students that have um, learning disabilities mm-hmm. or high-functioning autism or students that can totally be in the regular ed classroom, and I'm just there bridging the gap, maybe modifying so... Um, they might not read at the same level as their peers. Yeah, just so a how different can pace I, or right, something like so that. So how can I modify that okay. so they can meet that same goal? And that's everything from dyslexia to, like you said, exactly. you know, a high-functioning autism spectrum, exactly. something like that. Mm-hmm. I just, it's so interesting to me because education, we specialize in so many different things. It sounds like you're kind of the opposite of that. Yes. You're across the board. Yes. So that's really kind of fascinating it is I we have to special education teachers have to be know a little bit of everything huh. that's I have students who come in and they might have a question about their automotive class I don't know about <laughs> automotive class but the the part that I teach them when they come in t- to me about a class that I'm not sure of or don't have a strong background in it's important to be like okay so how do we look this up yeah so what are the skills that how do we become a self-learner exactly and so Even that's the, the approach that that needs to be taken. Wow. What kind of, what kind of, it seems like nowadays um, tech and all the information resources we have mm-hmm. would be challenging yet mm-hmm. be a huge opportunity um, for, for an individual that has a challenge. Is that the case or is it a bigger barrier? Oh. Or is it both? <laughs> that, that's, that's the question right now. The, the, where I teach at, so we have, we are one-to-one. So each student has a computer mm-hmm. and it, we fight Netflix. We, I'm not as entertaining as binge watching oh, whatever on. show it is that they're watching right now. <laughs> so that that's a barrier. Or oh, wow. instant messaging on their computers. To me, and this is a debate that we have going on, is to me the cell phone's not the big big distractor anymore. It's the computers mm-hmm. that they have because they can do everything on yeah. either one. So it's how do we teach them to, to learn and how do we teach them to focus because they're trying to multitask and they have no idea how to do it successfully. Well, even in even in fully functioning exactly. individuals and professionals, exactly. it's shown that it's not as it's effective. It's not as effective, but they think they can do it. Not only that, but there's studies that show how handwriting notes, you remember it more than typing it. And so how do we instill that? Or how do we show a student, okay, so you can't spell very well, so let, we need to type, but they don't want to type it. You know, so yeah. it's, it's every... Well, it's, it's amazing you say that, you know, because I was just marveling the other day because, uh, you know, I've got 11 and 12-year-old. They don't teach them cursive anymore in the schools, <laughs> like when we were kids. No, they, they don't teach it the same way. You're grandma right. and Grandpa write them mm-hmm. a, a birthday card, and they can hardly read it because it's in cursive. It's, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a different era for certain. It is. So It is. And, and 
for whatever anyone's belief is, it makes me sad about signing names that we're not our signatures aren't going to be. Yeah, it's kind of this, a that's this. kind of a personal, unique mm-hmm. thing that mm-hmm. you carry with you. Mm-hmm. So, well, that now I know one of the one of the reasons that I, I'm just fascinated about with what you do, Letty, mm-hmm. is like I said, it's something that not a lot of folks um, know much about, mm-hmm. but I've got to meet you and your family uh, a couple times and I know you guys really really take it to heart mm-hmm. and probably <laughs> probably have a lot of room uh, to love folks because you've kind of taken your work home <laughs> uh, yes <laughs> at least at least once that I know of um, and if it's if it's okay uh, tell us a little about uh, how that happens and, and what you're referring to yeah uh yes uh last year i met a student of mine and um this student uh during the school year beginning of the school year last year disclosed abuse in the home mm. and uh she went into the foster care system and i was her iep case manager meaning i was in charge of her individual education plan so I was her school advocate, and mm-hmm. I had strict focus and strict boundaries of I am your school, your school person. So when you need help with whatever it is academically, I'm the person you go to. Because I knew that she had social work supports at the school, mm-hmm. and she had her caseworker through the organization that she's in foster care with. So I knew that she had the outside support. So I was the, the school support. And just watching her through the school year... I just fell in love. It's hard not to care. It's hard not I mean, to care. It's I care about all of my, absolutely all of my students, and it's true. You you bring it home. I I mean I'm I'm on break right now, and I'm wondering what they're doing. Did when was the last time they ate? You know, just like when how did they sleep? How did yeah. they? How are they functioning right now? Uh, but towards the the end of the school year last year, I. I knew that the foster home that um, my now foster daughter was in wasn't a healthy, wasn't a good fit for her. So I was looking around going, somebody needs to help her. <laughs> somebody, somebody needs to step up and uh, do something. And there are very few people that will say there's somebody and then raise their hand and know that they're that person. I know, but so I was just looking around amazing. my house and my family and being like, you know what, we are we are the somebody. She She's amazing in spite of all of her in spite of her circumstance. And yeah. so uh, my husband is really, he's kind of the hero of this because I he'd never met her and I just, he knew about her because I wanted to tell her about her. And she wasn't and is not the easiest uh, sometimes. And she's a teenager among having PTSD among and other, other, <laughs> other challenges. And I just came to him one day and I was like, I, I, I really want to do this. I feel we need to do this. I feel we can do this. And he said, okay. And so I started the paperwork process and it was, it took about three months wow. because we live on the Missouri side and she was Kansas side. Mm-hmm. So it's a, that's a tricky process. Well, kudos to the system for making it happen. And yes. I, you know, that's, mm-hmm. we hear a lot of failure stories a lot of time, mm-hmm. but we don't always hear stories of things where a difficult situation is made as right as it can be. Right. Um, so that's really encouraging. Yes. That it could happen. It could happen. It is It is happening. Uh, I hope that the day that I talk to her about moving in with me, I hope that I never, ever forget that day. And that, that 
forget her face and my feeling. There was just, everyone was crying, and I had, I totally blindsided her because, again, I was her complete only school person. Right. And then here I am saying, my husband and I would like you to come live with us, and you can live with us until you decide you don't want to. Wow. That it's, you're, you have the, the control in that. And just saying it to someone that way that probably feels like they're, they haven't had a lot of choices right. of their own in their life, not only does it show love to them, but it empowers them. Right. I was very deliberate in that verbiage. In that statement, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, this is up to you. Mm-hmm. and We're not shoving you around a system. Right. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and having a, a chance to meet her a few times, she's a sweetheart. <laughs> she's yes. got an amazing personality. <laughs> she does. And now, And this was not an easy time for you guys. No. I mean, you were, uh, uh, first little guy was what, eight, nine months old? Yes. Or, when when this all went down, mm-hmm. so taking on something tough on top of something tough. Right. So kudos to you guys. Yes, became a a parent and to two in a year. Just hit fast forward to let's do a teenager. Oh my goodness, it's amazing. <laughs> Teenagers and toddlers are more like than adults. <laughs> there's a lot in between, but they're pretty similar too. Oh, that's great. Well, and you know, I'm sure. You don't flip a switch and it's wine and roses. I'm sure there have right. been challenges along the way, mm-hmm. but you guys are dealing with that, and mm-hmm. she's doing okay. Then. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, that's that's mm-hmm. really cool. And obviously, if anybody's wondering, there you know there are disclosure things that we want to be careful about for people's situations. Mm-hmm. That's how we're not naming names and things. <laughs> but, well, that's really cool. I, to bring away a little lighter note, I guess, mm-hmm. um, probably no less emotional. What what kind of what kind of things have you seen over your five years in special education that, what are your standout moments, you know? What are those real victories you see with some of these students? Because I think those are the ones that we should probably hear about more mm-hmm. often. The first one that comes to mind uh, was this past semester in my little behavior room. Uh, autism spectrum students, emotionally disturbed student oppositional defiant students uh, and we were sitting around they all got their work done whatever it is that they're working on and so they all chose to play skip bow and so in the last few minutes of the class period we were sitting around my round table playing skip bow and I just leaned back and watched and this is what it's about okay they got their academic stuff done but they also need to learn the social skills and how to work with people, but seeing how they all communicated with each other and were talking and laughing and supporting each other and saying, hey, good job, or what were you thinking? You know, just being Mm -hmm. normal normal kids. It was was great. (laughs) It was very, made me very, very happy uh, and and smiled. And I have um, usually one para who's like a teacher aide Mm -hmm. in the room with me, and we just... You're just shaking our head, smiling, going, this is I almost this hesitate is to call that a little victory, but right. because it's not little. Right. We haven't really had that good of experience since then. We've, we've had some. But it was, it was it, it's that, thinking about that will get me through uh, this school year for sure. Uh, graduations. I love, I love going to graduation. It's part of something that we're required to do as high school teachers. But just being able to get in your your gown and 
and walk out with the students and feel the excitement from students and family and then watching your students cross the stage and you kind of know some of the struggles that they were going through. There was one of my students who was, oh, he was, he was like a super senior and just, I remember being, yes, you did it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so cool. It, it's, it's great. Um, and then you miss the student because they've been there for four yeah. years or more through your career. So you get used to seeing them every day. Uh, I think one one takeaway that I'd like for people to think about with special education is since I am a I work in regular ed classrooms, mm-hmm. uh, Missouri side it's class within a class, Kansas side it's co-taught classrooms. Uh, in the beginning of the school year in open house, when parents hear that their students are in these special classrooms, some are very apprehensive. Do they think that it's something that's going to keep their kid behind? Or right. Is it not like going to move at the same or... pace? Is, huh. is it going to be distracting because there's going to be all these kids that... But okay. the important thing to think about with that is you have two certified teachers in yeah. the classroom. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a two for one right yeah. there. Your ratio just went down. <laughs> exactly. Like we can go around and answer questions quicker. And just because I'm special ed doesn't mean I know I don't know how to do the high order thinking right. questions as well. So it's it it's not a hindrance to be in those classes. I think even for regular ed students, it's very much a bonus because I'm not there just to help special ed students. I'm there to help absolutely any students. I would think too, and and I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about this. Um, administratively, you'd have to be at least semi-selective of students that are going to be in there um, from a normal track, Um, but the opportunity to kind of expand their limits is probably pretty big as well, Mm -hmm. you know, because, hey, like it or not, you're going to have to deal with all kinds of diverse situations Mm -hmm. in life, and I don't know that our high school classrooms always offer that, Right. so uh, that's a that's a different way to maybe look at it as an opportunity, I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. So yes, that's really cool. Might I didn't be realize it a little differently. I didn't realize it worked that way. Mm-hmm. That, that that was the way the programs went. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It is. What I'm always I always wonder what um, <laughs> watching uh, w- growing up with with a couple parents as teachers and my mom was a superintendent for a while. There was there's always something missing in education. <laughs> the teachers bust their humps to bring everything they can and, and, and put it on the table. But what, what do we still need, I guess, especially for our special ed programs like you guys are in? Is it, is it just more awareness? Is it more support? Is it, um, it's a hard one. It's, it's a hard one because I need support. We yeah. need teachers are, I feel like there's lack of support for teachers as, as a profession in general. I think that's probably true. That we're highly educated individuals with a passion for what we're doing, uh, but everyone trying to PC. <laughs> but it, everyone feels like they know how to, how to be a teacher right. because everyone went to school. And it's very different when you're on the other side of the desk. When Absolutely. You're, when you're teaching it, there's it's 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 not as easy as people oh, always think that it I is. Can't, I can't imagine being in <laughs> a closed room with more than two 
kids of any age, I, I couldn't survive. Yes. So I, and, I and appreciate that. There's one day a week on my schedule that the only break I have is my 27-minute lunch. Good grief. <laughs> so those are exhausting, and yeah. that's that's pretty typical uh, because of the schedule that my school is on. That that one day a week, every teacher that's that's the break that they have is Man. just their lunch, and then the next day they have their plan. Do you get to see rotation out of or burnout of the the special special ed side of things because of that? Because it's, <clears throat> I mean, it's heightened even over regular curriculums. Mm-hmm. I would think. Mm-hmm. Stress level. It's yes, I would I would say, uh, and self care is so hard to do. Um, uh, that speaking personally, I'm very much struggling right now because of the students and the amount of students. I mean, I'm I have what, 15 IEPs that I'm in charge of, meaning that I need to know their grades, how they're doing, contact with parents. And some of these on my caseload, they're in the foster care system. And so it's a lot of people to contact on a daily basis about behaviors or stuff that's going on. Uh, I think also special education has a different weight just because of all the legality that goes into play. Those individual education plans are legal documents, and so that's a lot of pressure and, wow. and stress. Yes. Never thought about that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. There's a whole new uh, meaning to the permanent record that they always threaten you with. It, it very but much does. In a, in a real, on a real note, yeah. I mean, that's 15 of those is a lot. Yes, and they yeah. could be taken to due process or to a hearing. Say that or, goes with them if there is a, a social services hearing or something like that mm-hmm. as part of the, either their progress or, or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Um, there's just there's just a lot more to it than I realized. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, kind of why I wanted to do this. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like it's something that, like a lot of professions, when you, when you find a love for it, it really sucks you in. Mm-hmm. And that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Really amazing. Well, <laughs> what... Uh, what what am I what am I missing I guess so what do I what do I don't know to ask about <laughs> about what you guys are doing it's it's just it still kind of wows me I guess I feel very fortunate in my job that I'm able to laugh that they teach me or allow me to laugh at myself on a <laughs> daily basis for something I say do whatever it is they keep it they keep it real and <laughs> they expect the same so i have it's it's relationship building that's that's truly at the heart of education not only special ed but any education is relationship building with the students and when you're working with students with special needs or or students that are maybe in poverty um, you're you might be the only nice face friendly space, smile, hello, um, any of that uh, that that student might have, so it's important. Um, one thing that, that I'm really fascinated in learning more about is trauma-informed care, meaning how does our reactions play into the students? So let's say you have a, a student who is, their lives at home is filled with trauma, filled with abuse, filled with whatever. Mm-hmm. And they come to school and their base needs aren't being met. So if we pushing them to 
try to learn, try to, you know, meet us higher up, there's going to be a disconnect. So realizing that how our reactions can heighten or cause more trauma to that student is important. So it's not something, and a lot of people are scared that, okay, they're going to, does this mean I need to be a therapist? And it's not that, it's just taking a breath and a step back of saying, do you need something to eat? Yeah. Or why don't you go get a drink of water? Or did you sleep last night? Just asking some of those questions right off the bat. And it's amazing how that can bring somebody down. Like just down so they're not as heightened, mm-hmm. what I mean by that. And I think that that's important for not just people who are educators, but anyone who works with anyone. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, mean for your employees. Those challenges or, could be anywhere. Exactly. Have to be in a classroom. Exactly. So just realizing oh. how, how do you talk to somebody? How do you interact with somebody? How could that affect another person? Oh. That really uh, kind of takes us back to Psych 101 and the, <laughs> the, the old Maslow's hierarchy of needs, doesn't it? it, it that's not, it, that's I mean, exactly where I'm coming from. Not so far, mm-hmm. so far-fetched. And I saw that, that with, with my foster daughter is once we had her, we had her basic needs met, then we could see her being able to learn more. Other things can grow. Exactly. So that's that's the angle that I very much look at. You're you're right with the holistic approach. That's that's very much my viewpoint of how I walk into a classroom and how I deal with with students. Is it's not just when they're right there in my room. I need to be able to help them with everything that's going on. And yeah, I only have them for that short amount of time, but I need to teach them the skill sets on how can they function when they're not in my classroom. My goal is for absolutely every student is how can I help them build the skills so they can be successful in our community? Because that's ultimately the goal. So how can Mm -hmm. I help them so they can keep their calm and cool when they get angry so they can hold down a job or so they can have a conversation with someone who they might be uncomfortable talking like a superior superior. How can they have that? So that's that's really where I'm coming from. And once you have somebody who feels calm and safe and supported, the academics will come. Yeah. I can get them to work for me once they trust me and once they know that I have their back in situations, but I'm also going to keep it real with them. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's that trust that needs to go back and forth. That's, that's really cool. And we talked a little bit before we started that, you know, the flavor of what, or even the stigma of what special education mm-hmm. was seen at when, when we were young and mm-hmm. in school, and especially I grew up in a little country school. Yours not that big either. Right. Um, it really more had the feeling of special education was a place to keep a kid out of the way. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like that's not the case anymore. And that's right. really encouraging to hear. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I learned a ton. Thank you for sharing all this. <laughs> it's It's just one more thing that I think there's a, there's there's a cog in the machine that that a lot of us don't know is spinning, yeah. <laughs> and that's just amazing. So thank you very much. Well, now now to the hard stuff. <laughs> I always love to ask people, uh-huh. and I think I warned you on this. You did. Uh, I'm always curious. You know, you you said you've been kind of in this area since you're 18, so that's about 11 years, right? Yes, exactly. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> I always like to know um, hidden gems, mm-hmm. just places that 
you love in Kansas City. It could be anything mm-hmm. um, that you think other people should know about, too. Mm. Yes. Uh, Donna's Dress Shop. Love Donna's Dress Shop. It's That's a, a new one for me. No, it's a, cool. it's a woman's clothing store that's by KU Med on okay. 39th Street. Now, are they like a vintage type? Yes, or? vintage really? and new, but vintage inspired. Oh, cool. So that's a very big deal fun. nowadays. Yes, it is. It's very fun. Great place to just go, and they can help you pick something out. Um, just, Probably a little more personal. It is. And it's locally owned, so that's always an important aspect for me. Uh, Betty Ray's Ice Cream. In Waldo. Oh, that sounds good. Very good. Yes. Um, I love the district in Waldo as uh-huh. well. Uh, let's see. <laughs> I, uh, beer station. I'm hitting my neighborhood joints yep. now. Yep. Going to Brookside Waldo. Uh, those are my my big ones. I really try to just do locally owned places. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Well, mm-hmm. I know beer station is one that somebody's mentioned before mm-hmm. that they really like, but the uh, Betty Ray's, you said, ice cream. ice cream. I'll have to check that one out. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been known to crank a freezer or two in the summer, and I love good ice cream. Yes, it hasn't been around, I don't even know if it's been around six months yet. Oh, wow. So mm-hmm. it's really new. That's it's great. We love, love to hear about new places and support them, too. <laughs> that's, you know, that's such... That's a different kind of hard work world it is. is starting something on your own. Mm-hmm. So really cool. Well, Letty, thank you again <laughs> so much. This has been a blast, and I always love to, to see you guys and your family anyway. But it's, again, it just totally opens my eyes to what's going on, and I hope other people really can appreciate what you guys are doing and maybe find a way to, to do exactly what you said, just a little more support, mm-hmm. you know. For every teacher they know. Mm-hmm. So thank you very much. Thank you. All right, have a good day. <laughs> All right, you know, folks, I think that was a great start to this year and to kick off the second season for Casey Greats as well. So do me a favor. Take a little extra notice of the people around us that are doing important but frequently overlooked jobs in our city. It could be a teacher, could be anybody really, but take time to appreciate that you may not use the service they offer every day, but it's vital to someone. And also, if you happen to know anyone of that sort, maybe somebody that you think has a great story to tell, let me know. I'd love to share that story with everybody that we can. So thanks again for joining me today on this episode of Casey Greats. If you did enjoy it, please take a minute to subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And if you can, give us a review on iTunes as well. It'll help other people find the podcast. I'm Scott. I'll see you next week.